0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this uh, podcast, or if you're watching us on video, thanks for making the time. We're uh, this summer at our church, Good News Neighborhood, Palatine, Illinois. We're working on cultivating virtue um, as we walk in faith. And so what we've been talking about week by week is how, like Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five, just trying not to do bad leaves me stuck in this tug of war where I end up just falling back into it, Paul says, no, no, you walk by the Spirit. If you walk by the Spirit, you don't satisfy the desires of the flesh. And so we're going through these virtues one by one. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. And this midweek thing is a uh, kind of piece to try to help us think a little deeper. And so when I was thinking about peace and a definition that has been used in my life that I really like is the calm assurance that what God is doing is best. When I was thinking about someone in my life who embodies that, who could serve us by a conversation today. I thought of my friend, John Guerra. So I'm thrilled that he's here and honored that he joined us. We have been uh, friends through a lot of seasons and uh, he's an amazing musician and he's taught also in our church. But um, I don't know, I'm hoping maybe we can kind of dig a little deeper than the kind of public persona stuff into the personal stuff, because that's really what's more significant to you and I, obviously, in our relationship. John, I know you as a person of peace. Hmm That's how I experience you. I've known you for a lot of years, 20 plus years probably now, getting close to something like that since we went to college, almost 20. So I know you as a person of peace. I experience you that way. Is that that your nature or is that something you've learned? Or why do people who get around you experience that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. It's not my nature. Um, If you remember 20 years ago, I was in a very fierce rock band, yeah. and i would say the fierceness of that band <laughs> and the emotional extremity and and dare i say the the e- exhibitionist emotion of that band is more my nature um i i definitely feel overwhelmed regularly i was always a very sensitive kid and you know the way i've put it now is just always felt like there was a few um at least from my perception as a kid, always felt like there was a few extra frames per second, feelings-wise, between me and the other kids, you know, and maybe most, you know, artistically inclined, musically inclined children are this way, teenagers. But especially when those teen years hit boy, it was just like a, it was an explosion of feeling for sure. Um, and so peace was something that felt very fleeting growing up, and um, music was something that... Uh, that I felt peace in. I remember um, Tim Keller is top of mind because he, yeah, uh, we're kind of living in the wake of his death. But I remember listening to sermons by him and feeling a sense of peace from his sermons. Um, I remember these kind of these moments of peace, these like fleeting moments of. Uh, you know, I remember being in college and um, finding peace in study. You know, it was like the first time I'd I'd really studied the scriptures and not just read it. As like, oh, that's that's kind of cool and that's, but really was like studying and what does the Greek mean and all this and kind of feeling this like, whoa, I'm, I'm getting the same thing now by reading and studying that I got with music early on and that maybe I got um, in other ways. But so it definitely has been something in my mind that um, I've been conscious of trying to pursue and conscious of, um, yeah, y- you're obviously aware when you're not at peace. But sometimes yeah. the not having peace, not being at peace, maybe living a life of anxiety or um depression, or that becomes so commonplace that you kind of forget that actually the the you know peace is our that's our destination. That's our telos. Like the yeah. Bible is actually about peace. Like Shalom is mm-hmm. actually the point of God's creation. He rested in seven days and you know, welcomed us into this peaceful world that then became unpeaceful. But in a lot of ways, if you're thinking about the story uh, of Scripture and organizing it, you can really see it as a as kind of a dialectic between um, the things that take our peace and the God who's trying to restore our peace.
0: So there's a couple reasons I think that I experience you, and I think um, a lot of others who know you probably do too, um, as a person of piece. I find that one of the attractive things about knowing you as a friend. Uh, I think one of them is you and your wife, who's also a dear friend of mine, um, I would say go out of your way to try to live a life that isn't frantic. And you were doing that, Mm. I think, even before it was hip. It's like, Mm. probably most people listen to this don't know. I was your manager uh, for your music career for a few years. And that instinct that many people in our generation have towards, how can I add another thing to the list? another thing mm-hmm. to the calendar, another thing to do. Um, I've always known and experienced you as to be someone who edges more the opposite way, intuitively. Mm. Mm. Um, now that was in a life before you brought a beautiful little girl into the world.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: but, uh, but just lessons learned for us, we're trying to cultivate this virtue of peace in yeah. our lives. How does scheduling and just kind of the discipline around that help us? with that kind of experience of God and knowing that, you know, that calm and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, practically speaking, we always, Val and I always tried to, um, we called them pilgrimages, which we were trying to reconnect with each other, reconnect with God and reconnect with ourselves. And um, it was an intentional time, just like anything, you know, it, it was really just like a, it was a vacation, but with a little bit of extra intention, we hoped. And um, you have to schedule those things. Those things are not going to just fall into your lap. You're not going to wake up one week and think, "Hey, I got nothing going on this week. Great. I'm gonna you know, go, <laughs> go swimming or I'm going to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have to make those things happen. Um, I recently heard a friend say, uh, she was talking about um, you uh, I don't know where she got it, probably. I don't know, John Mark Cromer or somebody who whoever yeah. whoever the guru of peace is right now in, in beautiful ways. Um uh, abandon annually, um, withdraw weekly and uh something daily. You know, yeah. it's that like weekly, daily, annual thing. And for me, the most the deepest, most um open moments, because really peace is just the quality of being, like you said, at rest in what God is doing, but but really the quality of um, being the quality of attention. What is the quality of your attention when you're at peace versus when you're frantic? It is, those are, those are very, very different states of attention. For me, the quality of attention before Winslow or Valerie wake up, although I've kind of got Valerie in the bandwagon now, so we both wake up very early. The quality of attention between, you know, let's say four and 7 a.m., is very different than the quality of attention between one and 3 p.m. or 10 and 1 a.m. Um, So for me, my day is going to be better if I'm getting up before my daughter wakes up for at least an hour or two. I mean, that's just, it's just like, life is gonna be better if I run every day. Life is gonna be better if I don't overeat pizza when we eat pizza. It's like, this is just... My days are going to be better if and when I'm able to get up early, um, and you know it. It kind of, I mean, you do this too, don't you? Look, you have you have early mornings, and there yeah. there can be a quality to those. It's like the early morning can drift into the day in a way that's very. Miraculous. I think that most
0: people experience life like um, the day has a way of kind of mirroring a little bit how it starts. Yeah. And so I have like, we'll just give a huge caveat at this moment in the conversation to people who are like intuitively kind of night people, mm-hmm. love you and appreciate you. And the world is challenging for you And a very, my beautiful niece <laughs> is like the all-time night owl. Yeah. And yeah, I think that um, I feel like God is constantly challenging me with the willingness to just, um, am I willing to do the amount of things there's actually time to do today? Or am mm. I trying to like jam that one extra thing mm, or that two mm-hmm, extra things mm-hmm. into it that when I do, I'm impatient in traffic, I'm impatient with the kids, I'm right. not willing to wait, not willing to... And it just like, it puts all this storm around yeah. and inside and it's like, for what? Right. For what? Like if right. the car doesn't get washed till tomorrow? Like if the check tra- <laughs> right. doesn't... But Exactly right. I think that because, um, and I would love for you to speak to this a bit, because we kind of have achievement so high on the, our list, many of us, um, it makes it difficult to have peace. I know this about your music, which blesses me. and blesses. I mean, I talk to people all the time that um, are in the orbit of my life who are so blessed by your music. And one of the decisions mm-hmm. that you've made, um, we're not going to go down like a Nashville bashing rabbit trail here, but one of the decisions that you've made is to try to make the music that God wants you to make and that God right. gifted you to make right. at the expense of some amount of commercial appeal. And yep. it isn't like, and I, I know you well enough to know that it isn't this sort of like, it's I'm better than you because I'm artsy. That's all foolishness. It's you right. being you. It's like right. at the core of your human. And so I think there is something in that that has to do with peace because it's like... Mm. uh Doing what is really true to who God has made me to be, not like trying to kind of put on some other glasses or coat. We've been through some of those seasons. Do you have any observations about what the difference is in in that, that might be helpful to us?
1: For sure. I mean, you say achievement, I think it's even deeper than achievement. I think it it has to do with identity. Yeah. I think achievement, I think achievement is a one form of um, trying to get our identity from something else other than God, you know, other than, which is hard. It's hard to actually actively get your identity from something that is, um, deep and that is spiritual and that is true, but kind of distant, right? I can, as, as a kid, as like a child of two Hispanic parents, I had an identity of being a Hispanic kid growing up in a majority white, whatever world, that was an identity that wasn't, it it, it just kind of, there there was like a givenness to that um, in both positive and negative ways. And I think um, when we go to achievement or we go to these other, maybe it's, um, whatever we reach for, for identity, uh, beauty or um, family balance or whatever our family, like whatever the thing is, um, I, I have a lot of compassion for that identity piece because it really is, hard to settle into that givenness of like, I am loved and I, I'm not only loved by God, but I was created with intention and mm. my idiosyncrasies and my personality and my capacity and my abilities are all created with the, with a particular purpose and goal for the kingdom in mind. Like that is a hard thing to settle. But the degree to which that settles, I think, is the degree to which we, we, we are not given to these like, you know, uh, counterfeit ways of of trying yeah. to buttress our identity. And it's never enough. You know, the achievement thing is never enough. The beauty thing is going to fade. And that certainly is never enough. Um, as regards to my my music and work, it really... It's like the degree to which I could settle into that, like, okay, God made me with certain sensibilities artistically, certain desires, ambitions artistically, that... Currently, might not fit into certain categories commercially, but they certainly fit into the kingdom, and they certainly fit into the things that I'm most passionate about, pastorally and spiritually, which is trying to create a space for people to um, attend to themselves and attend to God, and uh, use music in a slightly different way. Now, I, I, I don't, you know, I didn't really choose that. That just sort of came in the process of me right. growing and being and living and Kind of realizing, oh God, you know, f- as an artist, God didn't make a mistake with me. You know, there there isn't there isn't like a less than with my gifting because of there's actually like a perfectly uh, arranged set of factors, but it, it's perfectly arranged based on a backdrop that is different than certain commercial backdrops. And I think yeah. all of us have this. You know, you as a pastor have this. Me as a dad, it's like yeah. Yeah that. it's,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. I think that um I think that a lot of us have been over time kind of caught in a expression of spirituality that is very active, which is good, but it's yeah. like, okay, I gotta I gotta get my Bible read, I gotta pray down my list, I gotta kinda task, task. Task, task. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've learned in from you, and I think one of the things I'm really working on and I think helps us, um, there can be a more peaceful way mm. to access God. And mm. um, so just talk to those of us that aren't maybe the most intuitive with experiencing art or experiencing calm or experiencing silence. Mm. on some ways that um, kind of utilizing music and a more peaceful, maybe calm way of going at God mm, mm. and experiencing relationship with God that might be helpful to us who are a little more oriented towards task lists.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and even, yeah, I feel, I I don't feel like I'm a person who's totally oriented towards tasks necessarily either, But I but I do, it's still very difficult. So... You know, my wife who's a lot more task oriented, yeah. Um, finds it even doubly so. You know, something that I, I probably wouldn't have answered this way a few years ago, but I definitely I'm <clears throat> learning this not only from being a dad, but just from um, just from some recent experiences I've had. But there's actually something very, very spiritually rich about play. Mm. And by play, I don't mean, you know, I think Play can be frivolous, right? Like mm-hmm. spending an evening of your, a whole week of your evenings playing video games or something. I'm not a person who finds that. I would actively argue against playing video games as play, you know, uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, by play, I simply mean the, the quality of almost being sort of un- unselfconsciously uh, joyful and and yes. almost giving yourself giving yourself to 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 the practice of joy and to um it's it's like a se- there's a settled peace at the root of it when i see mm-hmm. my daughter who's 3 when she's at peak peace it's it's very little it's seldom in fact it's never like a zen like calm it's usually this like frivolous enjoyment of her toys of us as a family of her in the water yeah. of her on her scooter there there's like a and i think we're afraid generally of play because number one, it, it can be abused and it actually can be like something that people use to avert responsibilities, to yeah. um, give into really negative things. But assuming all the other things, like, you know, you you haven't – you're generally yeah. trying to do these things, read your Bible – It's very,
0: like, Midwestern Protestant to, like, go at the assumption that, like, having a good (laughs) time with nothing at the end of it is a waste.
1: Exactly. It's very in
0: our backgrounds, for sure.
1: Exactly right. But, you know, when I think of times we've hung out in our history, like, when we were in college, some of the best times are just, yeah, it's sort of like at dinner and you sort of lose track of time. Yeah. And someone's telling that story for the 90th time and you want them to tell it again because it's amazing. There's something about that. It it's like in relationship in a little bit of of kind of holy frivolity that there is like it that. kind of teaches you how to be. Yeah. Teaches you the peace of God because I don't think the peace of God is is like I think calm and silence are practices that get us to the peace of God, which is this joy-filled Yeah sense of rest and being, you know?
0: What's really interesting about what that you, um, what I've been teaching about as we've been going through this study is this kind of Eastern almost idea that the way that you get at some of the things of God isn't by like pursuing them directly, but mm. by pursuing the virtues and then they, mm. they, and that like peace what I hear you saying is maybe isn't the way to get to a more peaceful existence in this kind of like, I'm just going to sit here. Right. I'm not going to think about anything, and I'm just going to breathe. And then all that tends to do for most people is just fill our minds with all of our anxieties. Mm. But like the long walk, the joyful conversation, the the like great experience, you know, of life. Like I remember, you know, we're almost at the end now, but the we were, Kristen and I took some new friends from our church to your Christmas show um, mm. in Evanston this past year. And it ended up, we had this, these friends, it was kind of like one of those things like I would do where they said yes to something and then they didn't even really know what it was and they didn't know your music and it <laughs> nice. was like Christmas and they were stressed and busy and they showed up and like afterwards, this lovely woman was like basically in tears walking down the street, like i just like, I just like didn't think about one problem I had for an hour.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: And it's, but, it, and it's so funny cause it's like, uh, that's, that's sort of like the peace thing. Mm. But it comes in this kind of opposite way. And I think that, that um, the way that you've just framed that, I think is really helpful to us because we're after the virtues that come from God as we walk with Him, mm. not like this sort of, I don't know, I'm just going to sit here and no matter how angry I am, I'm just going to be loving. Well, that's not. <laughs> right. Right, game. totally. Um, John, just give us a quick pitch now because we're as this comes out, is still kind of in that window of time. You have some new music out and I would love for people to hear it. So just tell us, Elevator Pitch and Where's the Best Places to support you to see it.
1: Yeah. um, New record uh, called Ordinary Ways. It's out everywhere on streaming platforms, um, on YouTube, uh, and I'll be doing some shows. Um, I tried something different with this record um, that uh, I I, I wanted to create a more immersive experience for people who wanted more of the record. So I'm not sure when this is coming out, but beginning of June... Um, I'm going to be releasing kind of like a Ordinary Ways songwriting masterclass, and with that, I'm making an Ordinary Ways. I've made an Ordinary Ways devotional about every song, and I've made like a two or three hour quiet, uh, quiet mix of the record to kind of assist in like prayer and journaling.
0: Oh, awesome!
1: And I've uh, and basically just kind of letting people in on the process of like I make this music, kind of like you said from a certain place and it's aimed at a different direction. And here's why, let me help you engage with it and let me help you hopefully take some, one or two things away that can help you in your own either process of songwriting, creation, or journaling, or just praying, being a more prayerful person. So that's all coming out beginning of June, but the record's out now everywhere you listen to music.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, buddy. We enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening was blessed and thanks everybody for watching. This is good news, we'll see you soon.